Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth, and today I'm going to be joined with another Lauren, Lauren Martin. And ironically, she just released as of today or yesterday, because if you can't tell, I don't know what day it is. And that is because I woke up and today is Wednesday, which is super funny because I upload on Wednesdays. And what's funny about that is that I'm recording on Wednesday. Get it? It's funny. I forgot. It's Wednesday. I'm behind. See, usually I'm behind because I'm procrastinating and I have a lot of things on my plate. But I was trying to relax and I haven't looked at my phone and therefore I legitimately forgot it was Wednesday for like a minute. But we're here. We're back. So I'm so excited to have Lauren Martin on. We talk all about her new book called The Book of Moods. It's how I turned my worst emotions into my best life. I absolutely love her story. Her book is kind of like the happiness project meets so sad. And it's hilarious. It's witty. It's honest. And she really just kind of goes on this mental health journey, but is also a writer. So she actually takes all of these notes and compiles all of these quotes of other women And she started this Instagram account called Words of Women, which you might follow. She has this amazing story. The book is so, so good. She shares her journey to infuse her life with a sense of peace and stability, with observations that will resonate and inspire. She dives into the universal triggers every woman faces. So we're going to get all into that. But first, let's jump into best mood and worst mood of the week. My best mood this week is finally wrapping up the year with a mother freaking bow. This year has obviously been so challenging in a plethora of ways for all of us. And we've all been through the ringer. I know I can speak for everyone when I just say it's been a fucking year. And, you know, I really wanted to finish this year strong, which we talked about a few podcasts ago. And my best mood was getting through just all of the kind of pieces that I wanted to put in place to get into the new year and start fresh. I know that sounds really vague, but I am going to announce a big quote unquote secret. It's not a secret project. It's just something I've been working on to kind of get into the new year. And I just wrapped it up with a mother freaking bow this week, you guys. It was just kind of the first good news I've gotten all year, which is kind of crazy because I know we always have best moods and worst moods, but actually being able to accomplish something that I really, really wanted to get into the new year to really start off strong because obviously we wanted to finish strong but the reason we finish strong is so that we can also start strong so I feel like I put quite a few pieces into place so I can really finally just breathe I think my best mood as much as it is accomplished and just grateful 
I think it's finally being able to just breathe. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, this took a lot of patience. I think the biggest thing I've learned this year is patience. And I'm actually going to do a solo episode next week, just kind of about the biggest lessons of the biggest moods that I've learned from this year. I think the biggest takeaways that we've all learned from this year and just kind of a new year's wrap up. And so that we go off into the new year, super, super strong. My worst mood this week was realizing that I was starting to let my emotional triggers come out. And it's something that I think happens to a lot of us, especially when we're home and we kind of get super relaxed or we get super into this old routine that we're used to when we're younger and we can kind of let these emotional triggers that don't really bother us per se come out when we're in a different environment for me specifically and honestly I've been doing a really great job I've been pretty even keeled cool calm collected letting things roll off my back just kind of dealing with my own shit and I just started noticing that when little things started popping up like honestly especially with work I my biggest thing with work I think on the mood side is when something happens in work instead of letting it be a huge huge stressor and trigger I try to actually pause breathe and just handle it with grace and just kind of like calmly because honestly the only one you're affecting when you stress out over work shit is yourself and so these little things started happening with work and I was just getting so riled up and I finally had this call with my manager yesterday and she was like the only person you're getting riled up is you right now like overly riled up she's like I get it you're getting emotionally triggered because of things that have happened in the past and this is upsetting but like you need to not make this bigger than it is which you guys know is a theme with you know anxiety making things bigger than they are and so my worst mood was just like usually I like to handle things like a boss gracefully calmly I think the sexiest thing in the world is when something bad happens like work drama and you see someone just like totally take a deep breath and handle it calmly instead of being like what the fuck's going on are you fucking kidding me so I had a few of those moments (laughs) over the week and reflecting on them now I'm just like wait why did I do that like I got myself so worked up and the problems could have been solved with a better mood either way like yes it's annoying yes it's frustrating yes I was allowed to be stressed and annoyed but I don't have to handle it with like an emotional trigger and start spiraling and freaking out because the only person spiraling then is me no one else is spiraling I'm spiraling so that was a worse mood that is super random but I think a really good lesson no matter what happens in your life when you're emotionally triggered to even if you do get triggered right away and you start spiraling, you can still stop the spiral. So that's kind of what I did is the worst mood happened, but I stopped the spiral a lot earlier. I really just kind of, it's kind of the reaction phase where I reacted in like a crazy way, but not to anyone. Then I kind of talked about it and was like, okay, let's think about this logically. I don't need to be spinning out these are the solutions to the problem instead of making the problem bigger than it is and not focusing on the solution. So that's a lot of best and worst moods for one week. I mean, I feel like we really dug into those a little bit. Usually I'm kind of like, I don't really know my best and worst moods because the weeks are flying by. But 
I digress. And I think those are some good best and worst moods. Maybe we should recap on Instagram. So go follow me at mood with Lauren Elizabeth on Instagram. I basically just post helpful tips. Honestly, it's very aesthetically pleasing. And when we get to 10k, which we are so close to, I can finally start doing more engaging stuff with you guys because just fun little side note, if you don't have 10k on Instagram, you can't do swipe ups and all these other features. So I can't link to the podcast. I can't do anything. So I'm really excited that we're almost at 10k. So go follow at mood with Lauren Elizabeth just so we can really build an even more engaged community which I'd be really excited about so that I can start posting links to mood boosters I can have you write in I can we can just do so many things in the new year so at mood with Lauren Elizabeth and obviously you can follow at Lauren Elizabeth if you really wanted to Speaking of being logical and just getting stuff done, we need to talk about stamps.com. One of you guys messaged me about what was the company that I use for shipping and it is stamps.com because this holiday season, you guys know that there's going to be so many people like mailing stuff more than ever before. The post office is going to be busy. I can say that firsthand. Let me tell you, the post office is busy and no one has time for that right now. So stamps.com brings the post office and now UPS shipping right to your computer. You can mail and ship anything from the convenience of your own home or office. So this is amazing. I'm in Chicago now. It's freezing. We are not going to the post office. And with stamps.com, anything you can do at the post office, you literally can do in just a few clicks. Plus, Stamps.com does save you money with deep discounts that you can't even get at the post office. So you're saving money and time. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It is a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office, sending out invoices, an online seller, fulfilling orders during this record-setting holiday season, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7, any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's literally that simple. And with Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer. It's saving you time, money, and over 900,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There's no risk, and with my promo code MOOD, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in mood. That's stamps.com, enter mood. Stamps.com, never go back to the post office again. Now let's jump into some mood boosters. Honestly, one of my biggest mood boosters this week has just been content. And... (laughs) I say that because obviously you guys know I love reading. I love watching TV. It's just my version of relaxing. We actually have a good combo about that um, in the current mood combo with Lauren Martin. But I just have loved binging. Like it's so cold here. It's so cozy. Sometimes I get in the habit where my mom and brother like watching weird shows that I don't like watching. And they're not weird at all. To be completely honest, I'm the weird one. They like watching just like animated stuff and then like Mandalorian and like sci-fi and stuff. And I just don't like that. I like things that either are really pretty looking or like someone's getting murdered. You know what I mean? So obviously we all watched The Undoing together, which was so much fun. But now I'm like, Once I get that thriller in me, it is such a mood booster, you guys. I need more. So I have just been binging content. Like, 
maybe it's the alcoholism in me that just like needs to binge and like can't stop and gets addicted to things oh well exposing myself but it's true I just I need more and more and more and more and so I've been watching so I've been starting shows and literally finishing them just in one sitting so I watched the flight attendant I finished it in one sitting I watched a teacher I finished it in one sitting I started a book called the wife upstairs I finished it in one sitting it's just addicting and I love it it's just like you're entering this new world it's such a mood booster just kind of like really tuning out and escaping and just being so in it it's one of my favorite moods ever because it's not every day you find really good books and really good tv shows I honestly highly 10 out of 10 recommend a teacher I don't know why I was never gonna watch it but the guy in it is just I can't you guys it I mean he is a mood booster like their relationship is a mood booster it is it is it is it is inappropriate it is a teacher and a student but it is the way they shot it you guys they shouldn't have done it like that they shouldn't have done that to us all right that was just rude because now we all feel guilty but it's true and the flight attendant I think obviously it's not like going to live up to the undoing quality but I think it has this wit and this humor that's really funny and then I watched Love Life with Anna Kendrick on HBO Max essentially the meme that describes everything right now about my mood is it's not Netflix and chill it's HBO Max and pay attention like that is everything also just like the memes and like the funniness on the internet right now it's just fucking hilarious such a mood booster as you can tell I have been spending more time on my phone and screens as opposed to the other week so maybe that's why I'm so jacked up on it because I took a break and now I'm like oh my god the internet and tv is amazing where did it come from it's true it is my next mood booster is getting my glasses I went to Warby Parker and I actually went to an eye doctor first because I felt myself getting old and I don't want to alarm anyone but I am turning 26 and a half in January. Um, my half birthday is January 6th so you know I'm going to do like a half celebration um, because I think that obviously who wouldn't want to celebrate my half birthday that would just be silly if they didn't. Um, no one's planning anything. Hmm, okay I will be 26 and a half uh, in January and you know that's a big age 26 and a half and so I went to the eye doctor because I felt my vision going. I've always been 2020 and lo and behold I was vindicated. I was vindicated. I needed a prescription and I went to Warby Parker. I picked out some stunners, some stunning glasses and they came and the mood booster is being able to see clearly. So that is um, very personal and lame and probably not relatable but hey if you want new glasses try out getting new glasses it's mood booster no okay and then my last mood booster was I went to go get like wrapping supplies and what I did is I actually drove to my grandma's to um, drop off my grandma and grandpa food because obviously we can't spend too much time with them because of COVID so I've been trying to just drive out there and go see her as much as possible because obviously I talk to my grandma every day and I FaceTime her like every single day but at least just being able to like physically like be as close as we can to each other is really nice and I picked up all these whole foods, whole foods bags that she has in her garage. She had them all folded up neatly stacked because she's going to reuse them when she can go to the grocery store, but she's had to get delivery because of COVID. And so I was like, can I take a bunch of these to wrap gifts? And so I went to, so I took those home and then I went to a small business. It's called Foresighted. If you're in Chicago, it's one of my favorite stores. They have just like all the knickknacks, all the cards, all the things. And I got a ton of cards and then I just measured out some of the twine, like some of the 
um it's not ribbon what is it it's like string yeah it's string I'm looking at it it's string looks like string guys and I measured it out and so I supported a small business got my reusable bags well they're not reusable I'm just reusing them because my mom obviously only uses reusable bags because she's a queen so I had to go to my grandma's okay and I just decided to get every single person that I'm giving a gift a card and I love writing cards you guys know I talked to you guys on Thanksgiving about how like I love sending gratitude texts and all this stuff and I feel like I'm just like not doing as crazy of Christmas gifts this year because it's been such a just like insane fucking year and like I just want to get someone everyone one thing that's special and then a really nice card so I went and got like 15 cards for every single person that I'm giving a gift to they're all like unique and special to them and I just am gonna write really long Christmas cards I don't usually do that I just get usually get a shit ton of presents so I'm trying to do like really thoughtful um, gifts this year from the stance of supporting small businesses reusing bags um, making them unique and personal with a card that they can save forever and it's really been a mood booster it's been fun it's been getting me in the Christmas spirit and I think it'll be a mood booster when I give it to people so I will update you guys on that because I'm going to be giving some gifts throughout the week and you should try it speaking of what else you should try I'm really excited because um I need to talk to you guys about HelloFresh and guess what excites me food but you know what excites me more not having to go to the grocery store I am going home soon and so I shipped So I just started all my shipments of HelloFresh to my house because I always use HelloFresh when I'm home and it is my favorite thing. I live with my brother. All we need is enough ingredients for two people. So the prepackagedness is fabulosity. And honestly, I'm just not really good at cooking. Like HelloFresh makes me a good cook, but otherwise I just don't know what I'm doing. And I already have so much stress. Like HelloFresh just like comes like through you know what I mean like it's my emotional support box of HelloFresh food HelloFresh offers convenient no contact delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family right now with HelloFresh you can get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit they let you skip those trips to the grocery store and make home cooking easy fun and affordable The recipes are super easy to follow with simple steps and pictures to guide you along the way. I'm a visual learner. This is fabulous. They also cut out the stressful meal planning and grocery trips so you can enjoy cooking and dinner and get it on the table in like 30 minutes. You also save like 40% when you use HelloFresh um, versus shopping at the grocery store. So like let's like be smart this year. They deliver fresh, high-quality, pre-portioned ingredients so you can make meals that are delicious and nutritious. Over 90% of their ingredients are sourced directly from growers to ensure peak flavors and ripeness. And they offer more than 20 chef-crafted delicious options every week to help you break out of your recipe rut. You can try out new things and make any night feel special. HelloFresh helps you eat more sustainably too, which is amazing. Kind of like we were talking in Mood Boosters. And it's the first global carbon neutral meal kit company. And by skipping the grocery store and using HelloFresh, you're actually reducing food waste by at least 25% because they deliver pre-portioned ingredients. So you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet, obviously, but it's super sustainable. And HelloFresh is great because it's flexible to fit your lifestyle. You can easily change your delivery days or meal plan preferences and skip a week whenever you need right on the app. Keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals or additional proteins, quick meals like breakfast on the go or their 10-minute lunches, and even desserts to satisfy that sweet tooth. HelloFresh is committed to giving back and is donating to those in need. So far in 2020, they have donated 3.5 million meals. You can help too with HelloFresh's Beyond the Box program where you give nutritious meals to those experiencing food insecurity with just a couple clicks in the app. 
So go to HelloFresh.com slash Mood80 and use code Mood80 to get $80 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Mood80. Now let's jump into an amazing current mood convo with author Lauren Martin. Okay, so let's jump into it. I'm here with Lauren Martin. She is by the time you're listening to this, we'll have just released her book of moods by Lauren Martin. I, you know, I got a little bit of a sneak peek. I'm not going to lie. Um, I read some of it, Lauren. Did, what did you think? Cause that makes me nervous. No, it was, it was so good. I was like, absolutely loving it. And it, it felt like I, I liked like the, um, the quotes at the beginning of each chapter. It made me feel like, smart and like artsy and like New York you know what I mean yes that's exactly what I wanted because I feel like there, it could have gone one or two ways like really cheesy to put quotes in books like that but I feel like I was like I feel like the quotes I'm choosing are pretty sophisticated and like the people who appreciate them will like appreciate them and it'll be like different no it was like it was a hundred percent sophisticated I was just like okay we have the same name we both like moods but like this bitch is like way more sophisticated than me <laughs> so I was like you have that going for you I was like oh my gosh I love this I do not know sophisticated is the word um but basically it took five years for me to find all those quotes like it's been like I have a google doc of a thousand pages and it's Shut just up and for See, this, this book thing- I started organizing this is what you did. And I obviously stalked you ahead of time. So we're going to get into like your whole backstory and leading up to the book. But the thing that I noticed that you did is you got organized like the Google Doc, like you really kind of curated this over time. You have this Instagram called Words of Woman. And there's so much just like amazingness leading up to this. So for my listeners who don't know, tell me like, you, you know, obviously you're, you're releasing this book called The Book of Moods, but how did we even get here? Like, are you a writer? Are you just a girl with a lot of moods like the rest <laughs> of us? Give us the whole lowdown. Okay. So I actually just wrote in my blog about this, which is Words of Women, because I used to be ashamed of my story. And I think, you know, because I've always wanted to be a writer, but I'm now proud of it. And like, I want to tell people because I think it's inspiring. So I always wanted to be a writer. I moved to New York and, you know, I was writing for magazines, blogs, but I wanted to write a book, but it's really hard to get an agent. Like it's basically impossible unless you're like a really known writer and you're writing in the New Yorker or like you have a big following or something. So basically I was like, couldn't get an agent. And I was like, you know what? Like, screw this. I'm going to build my own platform and self-publish one day. And I'm going to start this account that's basically filled with like all these amazing insights that I love that I'm going to use in this book. And because I had the idea for the book when I started the account, and I was like, I'll put my words on the account. I'll get people used to like seeing me and my name and my writing. And I'll start a newsletter. And then I'll also post all these amazing quotes of women, which are kind of like the basis of the book, like the mantras that like got me through. And so anyway, I was doing it for, I've always worked full time in marketing. And everyone was always like, okay, cool. You have an Instagram account. You have a blog, but like, what are you doing? Like, what's that? And I was like, one day I know it'll work out. Like one day when I'm ready, when I have enough people, I'll self-publish it. So five years goes by and I have a newsletter now. It's like 20,000 subscribers. And that's where I was really showing off my writing. And um, a girl reached out to me. She's like, I work at a publishing company and I think you, I should introduce you to this agent. And that was that. And like, 
they were like, oh, we love your writing. We love what you've done with Words of Women. Would you ever want to write a book? And I was like, yes, I've been waiting to write this book for five years. So it really just like is a testament to like sticking to like what you want to do and what you believe in. And I really feel like everyone thinks, especially the publishing industry, it's so like, I don't want to say pretentious, but it is a little bit. Like it's really like, even those magazines, I was working at Elle and like, I felt a little bit like, it was cold and you really have to prove yourself and you don't have to go through the traditional channels. Like you can build your own door and like get in a different way. And there's no shame to self-publishing, which is what I was going to do. Like 50 shades of gray was self-published. Um, oh, and like 20, that. yeah. till 20 million copies. Don't wow. be intimidated by like not getting in the right, like you have to build your own, your own way. And I feel like Instagram has been great for that for a lot of, artists and influencers who wouldn't have gotten their name out there if it had just been the traditional way. Did you ever feel when you were working at like, let's say, quote unquote, normal job, because that's what I call it, because I, you know, in the Mm -hmm. whole influencer path, but did you ever feel like embarrassed that you had this Instagram account? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that it's like you can do two things at once you can have a little bit of a side hustle you can you know have a real job and then start your passion on Instagram so how did in five years ago I mean what was the platform even like five years ago like was that weird oh oh yeah like I'm not like I don't know how I did it I I had such a driving force like now when I look back I'm like could I have started an Instagram account again like I don't know like it takes a lot to put yourself out there but I think that's why when I started the account, it was, I think that's also why I hid behind other women. And it was more of mm. the quote, I didn't show myself. Until I was just going to ask you that because I did not. when you see it, first of all, just so everyone knows. And when I went to words of women, I saw like five of my best friends follow it. And I was just oh. like, am I like late to the party? Cause I love quote cards. I was like, what's going on? Um, and I noticed that like you're on the Instagram stories, just like chatting, but it's all quote cards. So do you have like a personal Instagram too? This is just like my businessy side of my mind. Did yeah. you like show your face in the beginning or no. has it grown over time to you becoming the face of this brand quote? It is only grown to me. It has a hundred percent. I didn't even used to let people, I didn't have my name on the account. I didn't even used to talk personally. I would just give like the bio of the woman speaking or like, mm. and then eventually over time I got more comfortable and then would start in the caption being like, this quote really helped me today. Cause I'm feeling like this. And then once the book deal happened, my agent was like, listen, like you really got to start putting yourself out there. And I was like, no, I'm not a like personality. I'm a writer. And she was like, please just do this. Like I've talked to you, like you're personable, like you can do it. So I've started doing it and people started responding so warmly. They're like, we've been waiting to see who was the woman behind this account for like four years. So like, it's definitely still like new and I'm still only doing Insta stories, um, but I'm getting more comfortable. And I think people do like to see like the person behind the, the account. I a hundred percent. I mean, if I just saw the account, I would be like, Oh, amazing quotes. But then when I watched your Instagram story, I was like rolling out of bed this morning. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe like I have to work today. And then I watched your Instagram story and I was like, I'm so excited. Like I'm post meeting a coffee. Like let's do the, let's do the damn thing. Quick break to talk to you guys about candid. You know, all the things we'd love to do for ourselves, but like we like haven't done for whatever reason <laughs> for me, everything. And I've always wanted straighter teeth and a better smile. 
and I'm done putting it off. Thanks to Candid, straightening my teeth is simpler, easier, and more comfortable than ever. You guys don't know this, but I, my teeth actually have little gaps in them, but I hide it on Instagram. Okay. Candid clear aligners are comfortable, removable, and practically invisible, unlike wire braces. So you can transform your smile without anyone noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. And it's all done from the comfort and convenience of your home. Candid only works with orthodontists, never general dentists like other companies. Plus, your supervising orthodontist will be with you every step of the way. With Candid, your treatment includes remote monitoring by the same orthodontist who created your plan so you never have to wonder how you're doing you'll always know i love that because i'm a control freak the average candid treatment is just six months and you'll start seeing results way before then and it costs thousands less than braces you guys so start straightening your teeth today right now all my listeners can save 75 dollars on candid starter kit Go to candidco.com slash mood with L-E and use code mood with L-E. That's candidco.com slash mood with L-E, code mood with L-E. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 on your starter kit. Candidco.com slash mood with L-E, code mood with L-E. Back to the podcast. But obviously, you know, what most intrigued me to you was the book of moods. I mean, you're on a mood podcast and, you know, I, I really liked the way your book was formatted too, where it was kind of just like work, family, just like all that stuff. And you said something on Instagram too, about like figuring out your triggers and understanding them. And I want to know how you kind of first dove into understanding your moods. Cause a lot of people just feel the feelings, but they don't do anything about it and help themselves. And I feel as though up until the book, you must have, you know, had some sort of breaking point where you're like, I need to look at my moods. Yes. So the breaking point was, and I don't talk about it in the book. I talk about like the moment after, but you'll understand it. But basically I had everything I wanted. I was living in New York, working in a magazine. I just moved in with my boyfriend. And I just wasn't like, everything kept pissing me off. Like everything kept throwing me off. And like, I wasn't sleeping well. Um, and I came home from a really, really bad day. And it wasn't even a bad day, just like probably an aggressive email, a bad commute. And my boyfriend was waiting for me. And we had just moved in together it had been like three months. And I was just, and he was excited to see me. And I was like pissy. And I was like in a bad mood as usual. And like, he tried to like give me wine and like cheer me up. And I just like couldn't get out of this funk. And he eventually just blew up. He's like, I can't do this anymore. It's exhausting. Like, I can't deal with you and your moods. And I realized for the first time, like, wow, like, especially when you're living with someone, like, you're forced to look at yourself and mm. your habits and the way you act. And I was like, okay, so when I lived alone, it was fine to just be in a bad mood and come home and binge Grey's Anatomy and drink a bottle of wine and like, be annoyed. Here, it's affecting someone else when I live with him. So like, this and, and we broke up and basically we're back together now. But like, I was forced to reconcile with like this personality that I thought of mine was fine. Like I'm creative, I'm moody, like I'm up and down. It wasn't, it wasn't okay. And like women do inherently have moods and I talk about that and I, I don't want to get rid of them. I just wanted to be able to move through them quicker and to be able to move through them. You have to understand what's happening when you're, when you're in a mood. And I think labeling them became like, that was like the research. So like, Fast forward like the five years, I was like, just going to study every single time I got in a bad mood and be like, okay, what just put me in this mood? Like, why am I, why am I not happy right now? And then I would like look or think about, okay, it was an email. It was a comment from my mom. And I started 
organizing and categorizing all the different triggers. And that's kind of what set up the chapters. And I feel like there's real liberation in naming something. It's like, you know, when you're sick and, and you don't feel good, but you don't know what's wrong with you. And then finally you go to the doctors and like, okay, you have kidney stones. You feel so much better because you're like, okay, I know what it is. And now I can deal with it. And like yeah. that to me was like the most liberating thing. I was literally just having this conversation with my girlfriend the other day of, you know, when you're having, let's say like an anxious thought and you just, you know, you, it's coming from in your head. So you think it's just you and you let the mood overtake you, but you, the other part of you can just come in and be like, that's anxiety. That's not me. And like labeling it almost like separates it from yourself. And I feel like it's so interesting that you were so quick to kind of notice like, okay, I need to look at this and figure out like what the triggers were and everything. Was that like a difficult or maybe more of an easier process just because the way like you're wired in a sense of, you know, like kind of the writing and the organizing probably comes easier to you. I would, I would think. So was that like, something that you were like, okay, I need to figure this out. And th did you go on that journey like by yourself? Was there like therapy involved? Was it hard or easy? Yeah, no, I would say like this book was probably the most like intense five years of my life because I was living it while I was writing it. I wanted it to be a true experiment. Yeah. A lot like, you know, I say like, you know, Elizabeth Gilbert, when she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, she went to like Italy and ashrams and like mm -hmm. wrote about these like intense experiences and her learnings. I was just experiencing, like I was a woman just trying to show you the experience of living as a woman in New York City and the daily struggle it is, like the things that pissed me off or just threw me off. And I think, you know, my friend who I, I let read it, she was like, Lauren, this is a love letter to yourself, like this book, like this is clearly you reconciling with like a lot of things that clearly used to like hurt you and bother you. So like, I'm really going through it in the book. Like I'm, and so that's, I think knowing I was writing the book, I was able to separate myself from the triggers right. and that's how I saw them. But I really want it to be like, like, I think, what is it? This, the love languages is like six love languages or five. Mm -hmm. And everyone has an individual way that they express love in that book. Like you find the way that, you know, and your partner shows love so you can stop you know, expecting them to give it to you in one way. I want people to start noticing their own triggers. And, you know, my triggers are in the book and it, they're categorized as like family work, but underneath that is the universal feeling. So like depletion, anxiety. So that's universal, but the way that, you know, what triggers your anxiety is going to be different. But once you can start recognizing like, oh, this is anxiety. And then like go back to like maybe some of the tips I give in the book, you can start kind of like moving separating yourself from it. And I think if everyone can kind of start examining their triggers, it'll be less scary. And I feel like too, you know, what, like, let's say like you like go to this self help aisle or something and it's, it's very, there's not a lot of like young women voices speaking for a young woman. It's usually like almost kind of similar to, which is great. It's similar to, you know, your words of women account where it's like, okay, you can see these inspiring stories it, it adds up. I understand. But I think it's so refreshing, too, in a way to have someone that, you know, was going through it and writing about it, being like that young girl living in New York, discussing that and it, other young woman being like, oh, OK, I can actually relate to this. And it normalizes me actually wanting to take care of it because I always have that fear. I'm like, why would we 
I, I always say, I'm like, aren't you glad we're dealing with this now? Like imagine waking up and being like 55 and just having this life full of anxiety when you could have been working on it in your 20s instead of 30s, 40s, 50s and so on. And then I get like the next question of, do you ever feel that sense, you know, the book is ready to print or I guess they probably print it because it's already on pre-order. So it's ready to ship. It's ready to ship. And do you feel like, okay, now I can't have any of those moods because I've given tips. I've told people my journey and how I got through it. And I'm never going to feel those feelings again because that's how my anxiety would think if I like wrote everything down. So do you feel kind of that may be like anxiety or nervousness of like what's next, even in just the sense of like, being authentically moody online a hundred percent you know it's funny because after the book is written was like it's like anytime you read something it's going to stick with you right away but then maybe it wears off after time it's like after I finished writing it I was like like honestly like reborn like even my husband was like you are like so calm and like cool and like I can tell you so much happened like I, I think it's been a year now since I submitted it there will be days and I'm in a bad mood and he's like oh, excuse me, Mrs. Book of Moods, like, what is going on? And, like, the thing is, and I told, like, I think I told my agent something, like, look, like, I need to be authentic. I still have these emotions, and that, but that's the point of the book. I'm not getting rid of them. I'm just moving through them quicker. Like, I have an anxious, I still have anxiety, but I don't sleep for hours. And that's the thing, like, I didn't want to waste, like, as you said, I don't want to waste my years being consumed, but it's impossible for me to not feel things. Women are hardwired to feel things. We look out for that from like evolutionary standards. We're predisposed to like pick up on emotional cues in people to keep our children safe. Like we have that in our like genetics. I just didn't want to keep, I didn't want to like get an aggressive email and then be in a bad mood all night long and like ruin a night with my husband. Now I can like get an aggressive email, feel the emotion and move through it. Can you give us like a sneak peek, like a little, ooh, this is so good. Now we all have to buy the book of like, what are a few tips that like are maybe like your go-to to to get out of one of your moods? Yes. So one of the biggest moods for me is depletion, which is in the work chapter. And this just, I don't know why some things just like strike a chord in you and change something. So basically I read about this theory called ego depletion, which means we wake up every morning with like a tank of gas and that's our willpower. And throughout the day, it just like depletes and like we lose it. And there's all these studies done that like prison guards at the end of the day, give less parole than in the beginning. because they're just too tired to even like think about it. It's why we um, like make stupid decisions at the end of the day. Like, even though you say like, Oh, I'm not going to drink tonight. By the end of the day after work, you're like, I'm having a drink we physically deplete ourselves. And so there are like actual ways that you can like recharge. And one of those ways is is sleep, but obviously sleep wasn't going to help because like I can't sleep in the middle of the day. And I found dopamine actually increases our willpower. So like imagine the tank going back up when like pleasurable experiences happen. So like what I learned to do, and they did all these studies of like, people who in the middle after doing a difficult task were shown like a comedy video given a surprise gift or given nothing and then they had to do another task after that and the ones who were like given a present or watched the comedy like did way better because they'd restored some of that willpower so 
so I learned that like, I need to find ways to recharge throughout my day. So like I used to come home from work and then just straight into like cooking dinner or like straight into like answering emails. Now I know like, okay, I'm depleted. I'm going to go watch Real Housewives. Like it makes me feel better. Like I need, and it's so weird. I almost feel like it's like an elixir. Like I sit there for an hour and like zone out and watch these women. And then I, and like, it's my thing with me, my husband now, like he like plays video games and like, I'll be like, I'm depleted. I need to go to the bedroom and watch Real Housewives. And like, it's, I really think it's like saved our marriage too. And um, their choice is a big thing of like depletion. So the more choices we make throughout the day, the more depleted we are, which is why I never understood why like couples in movies are always fighting over like who would pick the takeout. It's because you're too tired and no one wants to make that decision. Yeah. So like, I learned like, okay, like take out as many, like take away as many choices as possible. That's why Steve Jobs would only wear like the same outfit every day. He was like mm-hmm. limiting his number of choices. So like now me and my husband just have like three takeout spots that we like always just automatically will go to. So we don't have to like think about it. We'll just say like right. Indian and we have the exact place. So stuff like that. And I talk about in the book, like the indulgent rituals of like famous women because it's such a thing. And I think once you start looking at yourself like that, one, it becomes fun. And like, you can be like, okay, my mood is like, I'm in a bad mood after work. Okay, I'm depleted. What a amazing little thing can I do for myself? Even if it means like buying yourself something online or like whatever. And it's that kind of stuff that I think really helps. That's so funny because we do um, mood boosters on the podcast. And sometimes I'm like, I know that, you know, I'm saying maybe more like tangible things, but sometimes it just really, you know, boosts your mood. And so when you said like even like buying yourself something online, I was like just thinking, I knew mood boosters could be something tangible. Um because it, it it's such a shift in like, you know, sometimes you want to be like, oh, it, I was journaling or I went on a walk. And sometimes it's just like, you know, no, I you need a glass put on of makeup. Wine. Yeah, it's like all that stuff. And so it's so even when you said Real Housewives, I was like, I knew I should have kept Real Housewives as my mood booster. <laughs> <laughs> no, and like, don't be ashamed. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like, what's my individual treat? And, you know, Gretchen Rubin talks in the Happiness Project about like money doesn't increase happiness but it's only increases your happiness when you're buying things of value to you and when you figure out like the things that are important to you and you spend your money on that and I feel like women especially we're like so empowered we have our own money like buy yourself like that shirt you've been looking at like and don't and like have that glass of wine on a Tuesday night like I feel like we deny ourselves pleasure so much and I don't because we feel guilty and we've built up these narratives in our head like well I shouldn't drink on a Tuesday and I really shouldn't watch this like I should like no you should do that because it's actually way better for you than just like trying to push through and then having a meltdown later yeah it's almost like you bottle up less and your meltdown isn't as big because you were doing the little things in between exactly um another one this is my other biggest thing if I were to take away everything from the book beauty was a big chapter for me um I talk about, you know, I really used to compare myself to women. Like if I saw like a beautiful, like my friend looking beautiful on Instagram, I'd be like, great. She's so beautiful. I'm so ugly. Like, or like I talk about like waking up with a zit and like not wanting to go to a party because I think women wrap up their self-worth so much in how we look. And that's obviously like society, like so much from the media. But at a certain point, like my husband was getting exhausted with me because it's like, are you really this? And he was calling me vain, but I was like, don't you know, I'm not vain. I'm just so insecure and like so like I feel ugly like that's it's a real mood when you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see you completely don't feel yourself and it sucks 
So one thing I learned was I saw this mantra like three years ago and it was like, you're not pretty like her, you're pretty like you. And I don't know why, but it just completely shifted something in me. So I made a sticker of it and I put it on my phone. Because usually when I'm feeling ugly, it's like because I'm looking at Instagram or yeah. I'm like walking down the street and see Emily Ratatowski on a billboard. So like every time I felt that way, I would look at it and it started to kind of rewire my brain. And I started to be like, you know what? No, I don't look like Emily Ratatowski, but like I look like me and I have things that make me beautiful in my own way. And it's so much more than just like outwardly, like I feel like we can't even see ourselves correctly. So I feel like that was a big mood changer for me, just like repeating that mantra. Yeah, it's um, I was just listening to something, too, where it was like, yeah, you could be super hot, but like, are you nice? Are you giving? Are you all these things? And I was like, oh, so maybe I am pretty like me because I have the other attributes you know, I, I love the things that you touch on because they are so relatable. They might not be those end of the world moods and feelings. Like, you know, people say, oh, you don't feel pretty. Like, you're not going to die. Like, calm down. Yes. It completely affects, like, your your world. Like, your world. The one that you live in, in your head, and the people you surround yourself with. And it's just, it's so refreshing to hear that. And I think it will be so refreshing for, you know, other young girls. And the one thing, too, that I've also noticed you saying a lot, which intrigues me a lot because, you know, I, for a little bit on the podcast, I had people like write in and pretty much everything you touched on is like some of the most common things with girls in their twenties and figuring out their moods. But another thing that you've kind of mentioned is people are always writing in about their dating life and their boyfriends. And you've really like lightly mentioned how, you know, you're now husband would notice this mood or couldn't deal with you anymore like these are the choices and so I feel like what is kind of like your advice for even just almost like how did you come to the point of communicating and getting him to because you know you said you broke up for a little while and it's like how did you explain what was going on because we are totally wired differently than men like we are going to be moodier than them we are going to be you know more open with our emotions and some guys are just super logical and they don't understand or whatever it is and so how did you kind of get to that place with your partner of having him understand your moods and having like a healthy relationship instead of just like shifting yourself to let's say I don't know please someone else and not worry about your moods I have two things to say on this one, when we broke up, I started um, seeing this other guy. It was one of those like rebound things that I just like was so upset. I needed to just like be in someone's bed. And he, I could tell right away, just wasn't going to get me like, and I knew it like, and you know, we, I think we went out for a few weeks and like, he was like, I could tell he was interested, but I was just like, it made me miss my ex-boyfriend more. Cause I was like, you don't get me at all. And I think one, you have to ch- met the right man will understand you or at least take the time to try and understand you. Mm. Whereas other men will dismiss you. And so I feel like one, that's a huge indicator of like, are you with the right person? Because like, I don't think my husband is any more sensitive than the next man, but he is extremely understanding of Mm. me and our differences. And so like, we've had those hard conversations where I've like been like, listen, like, and I talk about the, like having my period, I am, physiologically so different than you like you need to understand this and like they did that study where they like put like simulators of periods on men and they like couldn't even get out of bed like period cramps <laughs> like I was like I don't think you understand like not just like the physical things women go through but like we're wired so differently and I think 
you know, I would send him articles. Like he really responds. He's more science minded. Like I would send him articles of like how women think differently than men, how like we're wired differently. So I feel like you have to come to a place where like, I understand that you don't have these moods, but there are other things about you that I don't love. And like, I accept those about you and you need to accept this part of me. And also, but I also like that he puts me in line. And I think it's good mm -hmm. to change for someone in the, in a good way. Like he's, I know, become more sensitive since, they, since being married to me. I've become a little bit more level. And I do that for him because I know when I'm in a bad mood, he's going to feel it. And like, that's not fair for him. So I feel like when you're with the right person, you make positive changes for each other while also mm -hmm. kind of understanding. And I talk about Gottman. He was like um, a famous, what's the word, psychiatrist for couples. And he says oh. like, the main reason couples divorce is you're never going to change yourself's mind when you're fighting. You guys have such different experiences. Like you two have different values. So stop trying to change them and just kind of just like, be like, I see where you're coming from and let's work from here. I'm trying to find the exact, because I think it's a really interesting, here it is. Um, all about communication styles. Um, oh, I was just, I was just talking to a friend about communication styles and attachment styles. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. Okay. So basically according to Gottman, it's inevitable that couples will fight, but it's how we fight that determines how strong the relationship is. Um, so it's not like, basically they did a study of all these couples and then they looked at them nine years later to see if their predictions of who would stay together and who would divorce was correct. Oh, shit. And they were 90% accurate because they were basing it off these certain, like, pillars. And so basically they found was, like, among the couples who split, the vast majority took far longer to address a recent argument than those who stayed together. Basically, like, they're not resolving. They're just, like, getting pissed and walking away and being like, well, you're never going to understand me. Like, fuck you. Bye. And it's that stewing for days later. Um, couples who stayed together would typically discuss their arguments almost immediately after they happened. According to Gottman, once you understand this, you will be ready to accept one of the most surprising truths about marriage. Most marital arguments cannot be resolved. Um, couples try and change each other's mind, but it can't be done. And it's because our disagreements are rooted in lifestyle um, differences, personality, and values. Basically, they found like the way couples stayed together, the couples who stayed together had a, an ability to repair and that this is so complicated to explain right now um no it's making full sense to me basically it's just like the way that you choose to like decide like this person's different than me and I can keep fighting them on it or I can just accept where they're coming from and then try and like work for better like together on it yeah it's and I think of what you said too is so important of the even the indicator of like are they willing to try to understand or walk away and it is interesting, too. I think it's always good to hear when someone was like, no, we did walk away from each other, but we were able to come back and repair because it's those narratives in our head that become so black and white. And I feel like moods can't be black and white. The label is helpful, which is like a very black and white indicator, but it's always going to be kind of like a gray area and you have to like make those compromises and sacrifices. And I just think it's so interesting how you've kind of gone through all these moods, but in the process was able to have someone else with a totally different personality in a romantic like relationship understand you as well because you know sometimes you hear the stories of oh I figured out all my moods and dropped everyone in the process and you said something interesting and it might have been on Instagram story 
um, about how like it was something about your triggers, you realizing your triggers and not just like cutting all of them out. Not like you're never going to be triggered by, Oh, it was something like my mom triggers me. It's not like I'm never going to talk to my mom again. Is that, am I following correctly? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. Like I can't avoid the things that bother me. Like it's life. Things are going to come up and it's how we deal with it and approach it. And it's all about perception. Like, okay, how am I going to view this aggressive email? Am I going to let it derail me? Like, am I going to let it piss me off? Or am I going to come at it with like, and a big thing about this book is I think there's liberation. And once you understand your moods and how usually it has nothing to do with like the people around you, it's very internal. You stop getting so offended by other people's like mm. how they are to you like oh my boss is just in a mood and it probably has nothing to do with me he's really taking it out on me a little bit but he's probably in a bad mood because it's something he's dealing with and that's really liberating because it takes so much pressure off you and I think we're always like oh wait is he mad at me like that so much of my time is spent worrying about other people's reactions to me and I'm like why would he say that why did she say that like well, that text is weird and there's actually like a chapter in the book where I'm like, I talk about everyone's a freak. Like we're all, and it's supposed to be like endearing. Like we're freaks. Like we all grow up differently. We all think differently. Yet we expect our friends to text the way we would text. And like, mm. especially when it comes to relationships, I tell a lot of my single girlfriends, like you're expecting him to act how you want your perfect guy to act. He doesn't know this role that you put him in. Like mm. you need to like realize he's coming from a completely different place. And my husband always says, well, ask him like guy advice for my girlfriends. I'm like, why do you think he hasn't responded in three hours? Like, he's like, he's playing video games. That's what guys do <laughs> when after work, they play video games and don't look at their phones. And so it's like, we're, we're building this narrative in our head and getting all worked up. And like, the reason he's not responding, it's not anything to do with you. He's playing a video game. Yeah. It's, oh my God. It's so funny. And, it even goes to kind of what you were saying too of um again on Instagram story we were talking about this before we started recording but you you said like my new anxiety and you were sharing it with your followers which i just thought was such an amazing just story starter in general like hey guys sharing my newest anxiety <laughs> with you i was like that's me um and you were saying how like you've been going to bed but not really sleeping cuz you're like thinking of all of the interviews and book promotion you're doing and I just do that on a daily basis with everything I say because it's just it's based off reaction. I'm just like, did I make that person feel good? Did I say that right? Did they understand what I was saying? Like, it, I'm so worried about how I affect other people mm-hmm. that it like, you know, it keeps you up at night. And I'm sure it's, you know, obviously different, like because you started on Instagram, like not really showing yourself, you know, your writing speaks for you. But now you're doing this more personal side of things. And Obviously, I want you to know that when you go to bed tonight, you can feel amazing about this. And if anyone's going to be you. losing sleep, it's me. So <laughs> don't worry about or it. We'll both be losing it, but I appreciate that. No, <laughs> nice like literally, know. I was like, I can't wait to tell her she doesn't have to lose sleep tonight because this is going to be the easiest thing she does on her whole book tour. But how do you so when you get a new mood before I let you go? Do you go back to things in the book that you've already realized or have you had to kind of like figure out any new moods yet? No, I mean, I'm definitely dealing a little bit with, um, I think a mood that I haven't really dealt with is restlessness. Um, and I think a lot of people are feeling that in COVID, like, I feel so stuck, like, mm. and I think I, I touch on that in the last chapter, which is like unforeseen circumstances. And this idea that maybe like life isn't happening to you the way you want it to be. I've been having 
thing where I just it starts at like 3 p.m. every day and I start to feel like really just like restless like I don't want to do work anymore but I also like don't know what I want to do I want to like go to a restaurant but I can't but even if I could go to a restaurant I probably would feel the same way like it's this like eternal restlessness and I think that's the one I'm working on now and just figuring out okay like what is working because like I've been drinking a lot I'm like this isn't working um what else can I start doing? So I've been trying different things. But I think, you know, I still always take stuff from the book. I'm like, okay, restlessness could be rooted in depletion and it could be rooted in a little bit of anxiety. So I definitely go back to it a lot. And I will say I have such less moods than I used to. But mm-hmm. as I said on my Instagram, like I still have moods and I, I'm, I'm always going to. I just, one, it feels better to know I'm not alone. And like all these other women that I talk about in the book have them. Two, I feel better naming them three. I feel better. I just get through them quicker. And so like, and also my husband understands them. So I can be like, I'm in a mood. I need an hour. Don't talk to me. Like I'm not, I'm not my best self right now. And I think that to me is like as as good as an outcome as I can get. Yeah. That's amazing. Seriously. Thank you so much. I cannot wait. I've, I, you know, I got a little preview, but it was like on my iPad and I'm just, already pre-ordered the hardcover oh my god I was just gonna say I will send you a hardcover like seriously oh please are you kidding me I'm like always I'm the last person to ask for something I'm like just secretly like on Amazon being like order 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 I'm the same way but I still like I still appreciate this interview and I hate that you got like an electronic copy I even hate like some of the like the um, other ones they gave they were like so tiny and weird and I'm like people aren't getting the real like reading experience from that yeah I know I needed I was like when I saw like that the, the quotes were kind of like outlined and stuff I was like oh this is like nicely formatted I need this in the hardcover version the hardcover so, so much cute by the way just so everyone knows like Thank the cover you. is gorgeous it's totally like a coffee table book something that you just like want in your house anyway so let everyone know where they can follow along just in case any new moods come up and where they can read <laughs> all about your book of moods so yeah so words of women is the instagram account it's also the blog um and you can buy the book off amazon barnes and noble target any local bookstore through IndieBound. um it's available internationally so like almost every amazon you can get it ordered to you or through like booktopia book depository everywhere um and yeah words of women you'll see me there um and just thank you i'm, I'm so this is like the best I'm so excited for you and I will be stalking you for the rest of eternity now. Okay. Bye.